Because Money was originally recorded as a video podcast, so there may be visuals that don't carry through to this audio-only version. Please visit becausemoney.ca to see the show notes, related links, and more. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Because Money podcast. Today, we've got special guest. Special. I added special in front of that. We've got Carrie K. Taylor. Carrie, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you for having me on as a special guest. Well, thank you for joining us. I just have to say that I love, your, I love your scarf. I'm a big fan of scarves, and your scarf yes. is fabulous. So, oh, thank um, you. with us as usual is Rob from Boomer and Echo, and we've got Sandy from Spring the Blog or Spring Personal Finance. She can't decide which one. And she's coming to us live in black and white. And this is the Because Money podcast, and today we are going to be taking all of your tweets on the hashtag because money. So hit us, if you want to talk, if you've got a question for Carrie or Rob or Sandy or myself, hit us on the Twitter at hashtag because money. And if you leave a comment in the comment box on the website, we won't see it until afterwards, but we'll try and get to it. So there you go. Housekeeping is out of the way. Carrie, you are a blogger and you blog about frugality. What is I blog about... Yeah, I blog about a lot of things. Okay, so frugality you know, so, is just one part of what you do. Yeah, it's, it's you know, some people call it, I'm more really about sustainable living or being, you know, a savvy consumer. Um, but essentially, I look at ways to cut costs and still, you know, really enjoy, um, you know, the luxuries in life. And, uh, and I've managed to, you know, write a series of posts about, you know, consumer restraint, consumer savvy, that some people actually like to read. And you've been blogging since 2006 or 2000? When, when did you start? 2008. 2008. Uh, Jen, okay. I was talking with Sandy earlier. She wanted my very first post. And so I went back into the archive and it was January 2nd, 2008. I said, hello world. Nice. You, did, you said yeah, it. That so. was my first post. I did, yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, I've been blogging since then because um, I've always been thrifty. I've always, you know, um, kept an eye on my budget. And my friends were just always really curious how I managed to do it, you know. They were engineers. I worked in high tech. And um, I rode my bike to work. I brought my own lunch. And yet I still, you know, even though I didn't make as much um, <clears throat> as their big engineering salaries, I had more money left at the end of the day to invest in my RRSP um, and to put aside to, into a house fund. And so they were very curious how I did it because they made more money, right? So it's, I had to explain to them, well, it's not about how much money you make. It's about how much money you keep at the end of the day. So I started writing little emails about, you know, how I was um, careful with my cash. You know, things like how riding your bike is great for your butt and your bank account. And, and they really liked it. And my whole idea was to make it fun and accessible so they didn't hate me because I still wanted friends at the end of the day. And, um, and eventually my email list grew and grew and grew. And... Uh, it was too much to manage. They said, just put it on a damn blog, Carrie. Just get with the program, write a blog. Everyone else has a blog. And so I said, okay, fine, I'll have a blog. Hello, world. And, um, and Squawk Fox was born, and I was anonymous, so no one really knew who I was besides my friends. And people just started sharing it. Okay. And it grew virally from there. So, um, so, throw so actually home. saving money is fun, and that's basically what happened. I decided, you know, I'm going to show that living on less is sexy, delicious, and fun. And every post I've written since then incorporates one or three of those of those principles. 
Okay, so throw out a humble brag. What's your what's been the favorite moment in your career as a blogger? What 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 what's the pinnacle of your success? I love putting people oh, on the God. spot. There you go. I haven't hit it yet. I haven't hit it yet. Ooh. I mean, I've had big traffic surges. I've been on the front page of yahoo.com several times, and that sends buckets of traffic. I've, you know, I've been dug. I've I've been named top blogger by the Globe and Mail, top Canadian money blogger. You know, all these sort of things are really nice, but, you know, it's really, I think the biggest thing is when people email me and say, I love your blog. Hmm. You know, those those are the things that really make me happy. Or this post, you know, changed the way I thought. Or people think that what I've written is, is humorous and they've connected to it in some way. Um, I think that is more meaningful to me than any wave of traffic or um, any accolades someone could send because it's actually really touched someone. And when they tell me that, you know, they've enjoyed something I've written, it feels good. Because it's really lonely to be a writer out there, isn't it, Rob? Yes, it is. It's, it, don't talking, you think, we Sandy? Of, we were just talking about yes. getting troll comments on your blog, and you know, it's really nice to get the nice ones and the nice emails. And it makes the difference because you know, if you focus on that one really great email that says, you know, hey, you're awesome, it kind of makes you know writing the next post and dealing with the next troll so much more fun, right? Because if they say you suck, you can go, no, I'm not. I'm awesome. I have like ten <laughs> emails against your one. There you go. <laughs> Troll them back. <clears throat> Oops. I always, I always hoped to get a troll on any one of the blogs that I ever wrote, and um, I was planning on changing the words that they said <laughs> into something really <laughs> awesome, <laughs> like "You're awesome" and "I love you," and I'm gonna name my first three children after you. But I never, I only ever had like spam bot comments, so I just turned comments off because I thought this is boring. <laughs> Robots don't even know if I can make fun of them or not. <laughs> No, I just, you just gotta, like, not let the robots win. Don't let them rise up. Let those robots rise up, Carrie. <laughs> you only want people commenting on your blog. It's the people that make it happen, you know? <laughs> okay, so, yeah, so that, there you go. So, yeah, well, people. Sandy. Sandy, you wanted to uh, you wanted to have a conversation around the kind of the emotional aspects of money and you know frugality for the sake of frugality and what's better uh, you know to live by a budget or to you know to really believe that you're doing something. So why don't you kind of talk a bit about that and what you wanted to talk about, and then uh, hopefully uh, Carrie will fill in some spots and Rob and I'll sit back and we'll mute our mics and we'll shake our heads and agree because this episode is actually called what is it? Women, money, and the will to wave hands. We got to get you guys fired up so you can start waving your hands, and we'll sit back. I'm done talking. For There's a while. so many better things to wave. I mean, we should have all worn scarves. We could have like waved those around. Okay, I'm just jumping in. One last thing. I actually imported a scarf from Scotland. It's a Buchanan tartan. I'm gonna wear it next week because it's 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 delicious. Okay, I'm. <laughs> And I bet it's really sexy and fun too. I was. So you've hit the trifecta. You've hit the trifecta of like scarf living right there. And I'm waving my hands. So, <laughs> so it's a win for everyone. <laughs> I want to know what. Oh, oh no! Rob's blinking. Jackson, are you there? I didn't do anything. They I both just dropped out. Spam bots. It was spam bots. robots. Jackson, we I'm are gonna, in a science fiction movie. I'm, yeah, it's it's Doctor Who. Okay, Sandy, Ooh. whatever we do, let's not just sit around and ask where they are. 
Okay, no. let's keep the conversation going because maybe, <laughs> maybe if you I got bounced. Think I'm hey, back. Hey, Karen, am I you're back, back yet? You're, you're you kind see of me? back. You're kind of back. I see your your lovely headshot. Yeah. Stupid headshot, man. You, you'll come back soon. But we're not going to talk about our technical difficulties on air. We're just going to go, and we're just going to keep going. We actually have a question from the Twitter. Before Sandy gets to to break into her little section, um, Andrew from, I believe, Toronto, uh, Andrew asks, why the downer mood in your last post? I felt like the recent episode of Family Guy where they kill off Brian. Oh, Carrie's gone. She's gone. She was gone for the whole time you read it, and I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want anybody to tell me that I was talking. Oh, you're such a terrible person. You're such a terrible person. Carrie, hi, are you back? I, I'm just an icon. I... Okay, you can be an icon for now. I'm going to read a question from Andrew from Toronto. He says, why the downer mood in your last post? It felt like a recent Family Guy episode where they kill off Brian. Who's, who's post mine? Yeah, your, I guess. probably your Christmas one. I think I read it. Oh, the one about holiday bullshit? Yeah, that's the one. I think there was a money symbol in there somewhere. Oh, I think you really just need my face back. Okay, I'm going to get my husband. Can you fix my face, Carl? <laughs> <laughs> Can we quote that? Can we put that in quote? <laughs> Can you fix my face, Carl? <laughs> and and put that as the, the tagline for episode number three on the Because Money podcast. <laughs> How come this happens to us? We were going along really good. And then all of a I'm sudden... I'm sorry. <clears throat> and then all of a sudden, Rob's gone too. He's sitting there like this. <laughs> blinking. Okay. Blinking. Okay. If you can deal with my icon, which is nicely photoshopped and airbrushed, um, I can, you know, talk about... My post wasn't a downer. I thought it was a real upper. Um, oh, I talked about... Carrie, he does, Andrew does say on the Twitter, by the way, I do agree with you, the holiday season is a great time for family and friends. Uh, less consumerism, please. So yes, there you go. What I did is I opened it up to the people because my blog is essentially a bullshit-free zone. And I just, I'm getting all these flyers about Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and the sales started right after Halloween. You know, I go into Costco and there's this big ramp-up of... Um, stuff to buy and it's absolutely insane because I just it's it's like October 31st what the hell you know Christmas doesn't you know happen till December 25th last time I checked and it's just this big push by retailers to get us to spend more and I just think it's a bunch of bunk because I don't want to spend more I don't want to be told that it's Christmas you know for three months of the year it's only Christmas one day of the year and, um, and I just don't think it's that important that we buy into the consumerism in order to, um, you know, have a good holiday. So it, it just, I just opened it up to the people and I said, you know what, like, I'm drawn to bullshit too, but this is, this is, like, crazy. You know, what's going on? Why are we buying into this? Why are we spending all this money to decorate our house, to out, you know, to out-present whomever? Um, do we really need that many gifts? Do we really need our kids to have that much stuff on one day of the year? It just, it's really getting me down. It's just so much expense. And then you look into the store and you think everything on the shelves is eventually going to be in the landfill. You know, and it's just like, what are we doing? This isn't sustainable. Walk around the streets, you know, the day after Christmas and what's on the curb? Well, all the boxes and stuff from Christmas. You know, we're throwing it out. We're just we're dis we're disposable holiday people is what we are. And um and I just put the post up and I said, you know what? What do you think? Um, 
and it, overwhelmingly people are agreeing. You know, that post has got a ton of traffic on it. Um, and I think because the argument, you know, it fits a lot of people's sentiment. They're tired of having to feel like they have to live up to this Christmas ideal or holiday ideal, which doesn't exist. It's completely manufactured. And the manufacturing of it starts right after Halloween. Scary stuff, really. So, but do you think that um, that people are necessarily that mindful of it? Like, I, I wonder if people can take a holiday diet in a way and say, forget it, this year we're not having any of the assumptions. Obviously, what co that conversation looks like with their family would be a little bit strange. I think we were talking about this before we actually went on air. How do you tell your family that this is not, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do what I want and, and nothing else. <laughs> So how do you how do you have that conversation with your family who also have all sorts of expectations about what they think the season should look like? And I'm gonna, not necessarily to do with retail, but I'm going to jump in and answer that because we've actually gone through this. You know, I've got three kids. We've got a fourth on the way, and we've got some family members who insist on buying a whole bunch of presents that are completely unnecessary, and we've actually had to. Oh, hi, Carrie's back. Oh, now she's in a feedback tunnel. I'm going to carry. Remember this time we talked about headphones? No, she's just in twice, that's all. That? I'm going that's to project. Am I on back there too? Am I a person on? I saw a video there. Oh. There you go. Am I here? Hi, you're okay, back. Hi. Hi. I'm on my iPhone now. That's cool. Um, okay. I was just I was just talking uh, I was just taking Sandy's point and, and saying yeah I've got family members who insist on buying our kids um, just carloads like seriously we've had to actually make two trips from the place we had Christmas to our house to carry all of the gifts. Um, don't tell anybody and I hope my family is actually not watching this but we've actually snuck presents back into their house and put it in their stash, and then they buy us less. We've had to limit them to 50 presents. What? And I'm, I'm not even kidding. What? It's bonkers. It's, it's, it's like nothing you've ever seen, and it's, it's like Walmart shirts that are six for a dollar, and we oh, will get gosh. 80 of them. And it's just, you know, to me, enough is enough. I... People don't buy me things because I don't want things. If I want something, I'll go. I'll go out and buy it. I, I don't. I don't like presents. I do, I hate the consumerism. And unfortunately, I know how, you know how the pendulum swings. Well, if if our society is consumerism, I have swung to completely the other side and says, don't buy me anything. I don't want your crap. I don't want to buy into this. I don't let Christmas music into my house before December first. I've just I've become rigid and just. I've become a very mean person, and I don't like that it's come to that, but to protect my family, to protect my kids, I have to do that, because what good is disposable toys? How does that actually teach them to value what they have? It doesn't. Well, it, 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 it doesn't. It's just like a constant smorgasbord of crap, right? Like, you just don't need all that stuff. People walk into my house, and they're like, well, where's all your stuff? And I, I live a very minimalist lifestyle, you know, um... I just, I just don't need all the clutter. I don't need all the stuff hanging around my place. And my kid has everything she needs. Um, you know, we add books to the, the toy shelf all the time just to bring in new stuff. But 
it's just, you know, this Christmas for us, it's going to, she's turning two in January. Um, you know, she's going to get one present. You know, I don't need a present. We're going to have a little bit of a tree, and it's going to be fun. We're going to open the present, and then we're going to go outside and play. You know, like it's going to be a book or a doll or something, you know, um, something she likes. And uh, and that's it. I just I can't imagine having my house filled with crap just to celebrate, you know, the consumerism day that used to be Christmas. It really depresses me, actually. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Rob, while you were gone and made your way back, we're so glad to have you back. We've been talking about consumerism Christmas, and we want to know what it's like around your house. Well, we, uh, we've we got two kids, and two little kids, so one of them's Ages. not... Ages? Uh, one's four, and the other one's 18 months. Hmm. And so the four-year-old, of course, she's really into Christmas, and... No, he's an icon. Well, his four-year-old's into Christmas, right? How old are your kids, Sandy? Are they into Christmas? Yeah, I have a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a two-year-old, although some of them are. Um, and they are as much into Christmas as we have allowed them to be. That sounds very controlling but like I'll give you a Halloween example I'm not that big into Halloween but my oldest is in school now so like when she was younger we just didn't do Halloween but now she's in school everybody talks about Halloween and but yeah. she doesn't know that everybody else goes to more than four houses so Halloween <laughs> for her is four houses awesome and then the other ones join in and they think that's cool too so Christmas is very similar we're trying to control their expectations not I mean, well, that's for the right. main reason, we don't want that much stuff. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, it, yeah, it's, that's, that's parenting, right? You set the expectations, and you have to deal with the ramifications of all the other kids getting all this stuff, right? I'm just, I'm waiting. I've got friends with older kids that are just, you know, preteens and teens, and their friends are getting iPhones and gadgets, and it's expensive. That's a lot of stuff, right? Like, that's a lot of money, and that doesn't even count for birthdays and you know, oh. all the other occasions that happen throughout the year, yeah. you know? Now, I don't, I don't want to be... See, my real thing is, is I, I've got no problems with quality. I love investing in quality things. I, my, this maybe will bother some people out there, but my kids have iPads. And I love, uh, we homeschool. I mean, we've got a four-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old. And my wife stays home with her kids, and she wants to homeschool. So our kids are completely iPad literate. They understand how to use the iPad. And they, they there's some really good educational games that we've got on there. They, they've got their own headphones. They've got their own iPads. And that's their, their teaching tool. And we use that. I would rather have one iPad than 800 little inflatable dolls with hair that's going to eventually get cut off and then pop and a little light bulb that goes like that. Seriously. You have that's experience yeah. with this, right? Yes, yes. This is this is part my son Hamish just turned one yesterday and we had a birthday party and he got a lot of gifts that were really important that he had. And most of them will be on the curb in a couple of days and that's just the way it is and it's it's unfortunate but personally I buy my kilts I buy my kids kilts and iPads that's it. <laughs> <Okay>. kilts and iPads <laughs> so so this goes back to the question of other people's expectations and I have a story to tell you about my daughter's birthday party who is now in school so she's been in school for two years 
she went she started when she was four they have that around here you know us crazy Ontario people and um, I was nervous her birthday is in July though so that's okay right we don't have to take cupcakes into school we don't have to do a big thing I can just control what birthdays look like for my oldest daughter so my oldest daughter gets to invite one friend I'm not doing a 50 kid five-year-old birthday party thing obviously I'm, I'm just a curmudgeon I don't do that kind of thing because I can right now she hasn't been to a lot of other people's birthday parties so we invited this one girl I told the parent we're having a really small birthday party we're gonna go and have tea there's a tea shop down the road my mom is the baker there we're gonna have high tea for two little girls let them dress up in their little party dresses and then we'll go back to our house and we'll play I didn't say please don't bring a gift because I thought that would just be kind of bossy so I'd like to say that but I said you don't have to when they asked what she likes I said you don't really need to buy anything she likes books this child came to the birthday party with four presents for my daughter one of them oh was one goodness. of those big yeah those stuffed pets like it was a name brand like you know the pillow pillow pets it was a pillow pet and a bouncy ball and a puzzle and something else and it was all it wasn't dollar store stuff it was like stuff you know I, I Matt to me it looks like they spent about forty five fifty dollars wow. when her when her when the parents came to pick her up they were playing in the backyard that's all we did we went to the tea shop she opened these seven million presents it seemed and then they came back to our house and started playing in the backyard when the when the parents came over to pick their daughter up they looked at me kind of in sympathy and said did your did nobody else show up did, is that and I said no no it was just the two girls and she gave me a weird look she went oh and I and for a while I was a little bit irritated I, I have to admit it made me angry a little bit I was like how dare you I mean I was polite and you know nice to her then and the kid left or whatever but at the time I just thought I feel so judged and now I'm fine with it but obviously I'm not because I'm still telling the story so I obviously you deal with other people's expectations by either not caring about them or changing to meet the expectations and I'm choosing to not care about them but it's a tough road to hope because I care but isn't that the way it is? Because now if your kid gets invited to their party, how much pressure are you going to feel to spend $50 on presents for them? I spend $10. I, 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 we don't. My wife is hand-making all of the gifts. And not that kind of crappy hand-making because, you know, wow. we're cheap. We're not cheap. She has spent more time making, and Sandy, you're going to love this, she is making uh, one of our nephews Star Wars finger puppets. And they're adorable. <laughs> they're hilarious. Like there's a little Darth Vader, a little Yoda, and he's they're all small. She has put in more hours on this sewing project than I've seen her do in anything. And it's turning Can I go to that great. birthday party? That would uh, be awesome. Yeah. Yes. Um, My birthday's in January. My birthday's in January. Okay, so you guys want puppets. Star Wars finger puppets. Okay, yeah. I'll get my wife Star Wars on finger it. puppets. I want For the kids. And, and I of course, <laughs> and here I'm the just the entrepreneur. I'm like, hey, I think there's a site called Etsy that we could sell these on. But yeah, we're, <laughs> we're gonna let her just kind of work it out first and and do that, and then teach my five year old daughter how to sew. And yeah, we can make that happen. So, Carrie, yeah, you no, handmade gifts. Yeah, I've done I've done a few. Um, you know, I do gifts in a jar. I do fun stuff, right? Like, so I'll buy a stuffed animal, like a, a fish, and get a nice jar from the dollar store and, and fill it with candy, and all of a sudden it's like this like squished fish in a jar. And if it's got these big eyes and it's got, like, candy in the bottom, it's really fun. It's, like, not something you get in a 
you know, packaged deal. It's creative. And it's really just the cost of, you know, um, you know, a, a small stuffy and the dollar container that you're putting it in, the glass jar and the candy. And it's all in one. Like, there's just so many different ways to do it, right? But again, my kid's only two, so I haven't, I haven't been down that path yet. So I haven't seen what you guys have seen. Um, I'm just, right now, I'm just kind of, <laughs> you know, dealing with the whole Christmas expectation thing because I, you know, I just don't feel like having 50 gifts coming into my house. So, like, how do you, you know, deal with the Christmas expectation thing? Well, what I conversation just, do you have? How does that go? Well, basically, my husband and I, we don't exchange gifts. I don't need anything, right? Like, it's, I just, I just don't need anything. My birthday's in January. I'd rather celebrate my birthday with something pretty sweet than, uh, you know, you know, a Christmas gift that feels, you know, like it's an obligation to have something under the tree to open. Um, mm. You know, my daughter, I, you know, I've, I shop at thrift stores and there's so many great toys in there that I've found, you know, over the last six months and I've picked up a few of them. They're basically brand new, never used, like all these amazing like Lego blocks and she likes toy trucks. She's got a book that's got trucks in it, and, you know, she goes, big truck, big truck, read the big truck book, and it's, like, busy town, so we read that, and she loves it, so I bought her a big truck, you know, and, and that's what we're doing. I'm trying to avoid all the princess marketing crap for now and, you know, just, and just go with, you know, the kind of things she's drawn to and all the different books she has. And I, I think that's, like, another point, like, if I could go back to when I was my icon self about, you know, why I think Christmas is bunk. Um, and that's another big part of it, all these genderized toys. Um, you see them on the shelves. You know, the pink side is for girls, and it says princess on it. And then the blue side is for boys. And it usually has, um, you know, I would call more practical toys on the boys' side. It's less dress-up, less, you know, maintenance of self, and more you know, hands-on learning um, functional things. And I get, I get, it really busts my booty because I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm a technical person. I grew up as a tomboy. I've done a lot of sports. And, you know, I think raising a princess is a really limited career option. Not many girls can grow up to be a princess. You know, eventually you've got to bring home, you know, the paycheck, and you really need some skills to do that. And I feel the holidays are really, like, genderizing our kids in order to do these, you know, these limited roles. So that's another point that I would like to make about, you know, why I think um, these all these presents are bunk. But so, yeah, so I bought my daughter a toy truck, darn it, and, uh, and she's going to love it. <laughs> why are you laughing? I just love the way you express yourself. Darn it, I did it, and that's the way it's going to be. Do you know, this genderized toys thing, I am, um, obviously I have strong opinions. That's who I am. And I always thought that I would be able to control for that. And I, and I don't want to blame, you can't. I don't want to blame school, and I don't want to go through my life with my daughter always fighting against the, you can't have the, or I'm not going to buy you the, I'm not, I'm just not going to buy it. And then she can see it elsewhere. I used to worry about the kinds of stuff that she would see at her friend's house or the, the toys that they would bring to like show and share at kindergarten. She really likes, she is the classic, like I like purple and pink and I like princesses. And whenever she sees them, she knows all the names and I don't really know how because we don't watch the movies and we don't buy the toys. I think it's osmosis. I think they just absorb it through the air. <laughs> oh, no. 
It, they I'm do. terrified. They do. But your kids are homeschooled. Your kids are homeschooled. No, you you have no idea. My yeah, it's it's bonkers. Um, now I will admit that. Emma, my four-year-old daughter, loves everything princess. She's pink. She likes being a princess. And my son, Magnus, dresses up. He loves costumes. And they're not costumes to him. He actually, his favorite is, uh, and he, he ran into the room yesterday at, uh, at Hamish's birthday party and said, Dad, where is my Asgardian suit? Because he's got a four cake <laughs> camera. Yeah, where is my Asgardian suit? It's awesome. So yeah, he now it, it's a little. I don't even concerning. know what that is. Well, it's Thor. He's from oh, Asgard. Thor. Thor. Right. Okay. Yeah. And he's got That's the long. Awesome. Magnus has the long blonde hair, and he puts. We've got a cape. My uh, my mum actually made him a cape and some armbands and a toque with some wings. So he looks like Thor. It's kind of awesome, but it's Do not a have, Thor like, a costume. Oh yeah. Like well, we've got. I actually. The went hammer. Out and the I hammer. bought the hammer for him because it lights up and it's a gender neutral toy. And what's a hammer going for these days? I don't know. I'm do one of those terrible in, people. Yeah. You don't keep a budget. Um, no. Do they come in pink, chartreuse? No, uh, just purple? gray. Just, gray. I mean, this is like the masculine hammer that my daughter will pick up and beat my son with is why I say it's gender neutral. So... <laughs> So, so here's what I want to know. So obviously people who are further along in the parenting life than we are can look back at us and say, oh, ho, 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 you don't know what you're going to be dealing with. But yeah. we can say to people behind us, though, look, you can raise your kids. My kids, you know you always make the joke about the kids throw the toy out and play with the box. My kids yeah. will play with the dumbest stuff. Like, I don't have to have any toys in my house, and they will play with whatever. And we have toys, obviously, yeah. but I, I don't have to. If if I bring in a toy tomorrow, it means I have to get rid of another one later on. So the idea, you know, you you kind of read that as a parent. I don't know if you guys went through this when you're, on preparing to become a parent, and you read things about that or about you know the the basic the basic necessities list that you wrote, Carrie, a, a mm. while ago now, obviously. But you read oh, that you think, oh. For newborns, or but then you start thinking about, well, kids don't really need toys. You don't want to be that kind of parent, or my kids don't need any toys. But I can assure any parent or any soon-to-be parent or anybody that has just a, like, a newborn and they're worried about toys taking over their life, you don't – my kids will play with anything. They play with sticks. Crinkle paper. And crinkle, they're happy. Crinkle exactly. Paper. <laughs> I had a label on a sweater. My kid loved it. She chewed on that sweater for like days. It was like I was like, well, <laughs> like I'm sorry, but this label she wouldn't take a rattle. She wouldn't take. She just wanted to chew on my label. It's just a label. Um, yeah. Um, toys. It, yeah. I I don't know what to do about that. I, we've always had very few toys in the house. Um, we've had a lot of books. She chews on those too and destroys them. But um, I think if a new toy comes in the house, an old toy has to has to be let go. Yes. I think there we, has to be. We started doing that. There has to be a lesson that you can only have so much, and um, and you need to have like some kind of process to where that that toy goes. So if it's still in good usable condition, it gets donated. Um, if it's in bad usable, usable non usable condition. Um, it needs to be recycled. I think those lessons need to start there so that you don't end up raising a kid that needs to keep everything in their room. Yep. That's that's what I'm thinking, and, I mean, that's the way I was raised. Um, we didn't have a lot of stuff. 
Um, but I would like to go back into the toys that really are non-toys. Like this is another part of actually the series I'm totally going to give away. But there's actual things my kid loves that aren't even toys. She, for like the longest time, um, and I took a lot of pictures of this, walked around with a box on her head. Um, a box. <laughs> like, I have one of those she, kids. She's, I was like, I was like, I don't know what to say about this, but anytime there's been a box in the house, it's like she'll sit in the box and we'll put like a handle on it and we'll drag it around the house. You know, it's like, okay, we're going to the kitchen, get in your box. It's like a sled box. We've painted it. You know, it's now a car box. And this box has got a lot of miles for us, and it was essentially, you know, free. So um, the box is a great toy. We go outside, rocks. Like, mm. I, I can't, like, I'm just horrified with how many rocks we've, like, dug up and played with. It's, you know, it's mind-numbing as a parent, but the kid likes rocks. And if you have a dump truck with you, then she can put the rocks in the dump truck, or she can put the rocks in the stroller, you know, we've had a lot of rocks in that stroller. That's what she wants to do, you know, I don't need a ton of toys in order to, you know, I just have to spend time, you know, playing with rocks. Um, water, the bath, um, she loves bath toys. So we have a few bath toys, but you know, playing in water, making bubbles, you know, I was a swimmer, so I kind of show her, you know, how to, you know, enjoy the water. The water is a huge toy in this house, and it's phenomenal. Stick her in the kitchen sink. She loves that, too. And these are all when you've got a really young child. Um, they don't need all this copious amount of stuff. And this is, and this is just how, you know, we've done it. Um, you know, sometimes we play dress-up, so we've got clothes that are too big for her. Um, she'll wear that. Sometimes she likes to put my shoes on. My shoes are a great toy as well. You know, there's just a lot of different ways to look at the stuff you already have and how to make it usable to where you are. Um, you know, we don't have iPads in the house. I have an iPhone, and we play the Wiggles on that. You know, she's just almost two, and we've just introduced her to screen time now. Um, and she loves the Wiggles. So she'll come and she'll go, Wiggles! You know, because the iPhone is a Wiggle machine. So if we're on the subway and I need to, like, you know, like, chill her out because the subway is not the most fun place in the world for a two-year-old, we pull out the Wiggle machine and we wiggle! You know, fruit salad. It's great fun for everyone on the subway, I'm certain. But I'm just saying, like, there's just, you don't need to buy into all the stuff. Like, I think at every age, you just have to look at, you know, what you're going to go with, what you're not going to go with, what's in your budget, and, um, and work from there. And a lot of the stuff you can get used, you know, especially if it's a younger child, they're not going to know the difference yet. So don't blow your toy budget until they're old enough to know the difference, I guess is my, my theory for now. I don't know, Rob may have a different theory. You have a four-year-old. What's the toy situation look like at your house? We have a lot of toys, but I blame the uh, parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles. So we, we like that uh, mentality of we bring in a new toy, one's got to go. But uh, around birthdays and holiday time, you know, how do you relay that message to your friends and, and family that you don't need more junk, you know, more of this stuff to play with? And, uh, you know, you're right. You, you know, our kids play with rocks. They play with tub toys, they play with, you know, boxes and make forts out of pillows and blankets and all that stuff is fun, but th maybe there's something deflating about opening up a bucket of rocks on Christmas morning. <laughs> no, for sure. No, absolutely. I, I remember when Christmas, my, um, our, my, my parents, the refrigerator died and it was like the best Christmas present ever because we had this big, you know, refrigerator box get delivered to the house. And despite the fact we had all these toys under the tree, it was the refrigerator box that got, like, 
the big notice of that holiday. We decorated it. We played with it. It was just this really cool thing. So, um, I yeah, that's fun. Like on, uh, I work at a university, know? and on family day, they bring they invite all the kids in the name. They have twenty five hundred kids show up there, and they just bring in appliance boxes and things like that, and throw them in the gym, and the kids just go wild. They make their own forts, and they, you know, they kind of say no parents allowed in this area, and they let the kids oh, go wild, cool. and that's yeah, it's awesome. No shoes allowed, crayons no. allowed, paints yeah. allowed. Yeah. See, that's I don't know, but um, but yeah, is there no way that you could like get the mentality of the aunts and the uncles in- instead of buying all these gifts, maybe buy one present and then contribute like twenty bucks, fifty bucks to like a registered education savings plan? No, no. Uh, people, it doesn't work. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm mm-hmm. just putting this out there. People are stupid. People are stupid. They don't get it. Do you know what you need to do? And this is what I've done. This is personal first-hand experience. And it's been a couple of years now since we've had presents. But I actually sat everybody down and I said, look, don't buy us crap. And by crap, I mean anything. We don't need anything. We understand that you feel the need to give because it's keeping up with everything. We don't want any, and we will not be buying you presents. If we make you something, it's because we've invested our time, and it's thought through. It's a thoughtful gift. But we refuse to take part in it. Don't. Now, we still get the occasional here you go and that's kind of all right the kids know that if they're getting four snakes that go like this from the dollar store that they will be thrown out the next day so do you still do you still have friends jackson I mean, how's that? that? Do you still have friends? I mean, how's that received? Yeah, no. Well, see, the thing, the 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 truth is, is it's when we don't really care. No, it's it it's kind of like, look, we want to raise our kids to value things, and we just don't need them to be bombarded with things. And when you explain it like that, they might not agree with it, but hey. You don't have to. This is the way I'm going to parent my kids. This is the way our family is going to be, and that's fine. And Well, has anyone tried to do like a Kris Kringle where you like put every family person's name in a bucket and then pull out a name, and so you buy that one person one gift? And then you set the dollar amount saying the most you can spend is 20 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever that set amount is, and then that's all you spend. See, to me, this just seems so simple. Why don't more families do this? So we're, I not know, that, we're not that organized. That means talking to all our family before the 23rd. <laughs> well, then we should, talk, we should talk about it, right? Like, I know yeah. one big family back, you know, in uh, the Okanagan where I just moved from. They're just such a big family. They cannot possibly buy everyone a gift. So they just do this, you know, pick a name out of a hat. That's, that's who you're buying a gift for. And I think maybe that's what we should try adopting, um, you know, if you get a kid's name, then you buy a kid's toy. If you get an adult's name, then you buy them whatever that adult likes. I would be happy with a bottle of wine, quite frankly, and yep. share it with everyone that day. So I just don't know why we're not having this conversation. I think it's a really simple thing to do. You only have to buy one gift, and you don't have to, you know, spend your time invested in the mall to, like, buy ten different presents for ten different people that, you know, might even be regifted the next year. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't know if it's like because we have little kids, and uh, you know, you're, everybody your everybody wants to buy yeah, a gift. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and they want to see their faces on Christmas morning, or you know, like they yeah. just feel the need. Oh, they're so cute! I got to get them something, and yeah. not you know, the RESP is just not you know that's not fun, and you know, who wants to be that uncle? And I would like that uncle. I no. would like that uncle too. <laughs> I mean, because I should I should point matches that you know, like that's good money. 
<laughs> I should have been more clear. I I sat down everybody and was talking about the adults. Me, my wife, and we're not buying the adults. And we've totally allowed people to buy our kids stuff and we just filter that within our kids. But don't okay. buy don't buy us stuff. Actually, two, I think 3 Christmases ago when I draw the when I drew the line finally, it's because I was yelled at because I'm so hard to buy for and what they bought me was tea towels and a single <laughs> body spray body shot you don't dishes and you stink is basically what I got told on Christmas morning and then it was my fault because I'm hard to buy for I'm buying you a snake I'm hitting up the dollar store and I'm going to be shipping you like a box of snakes I'm going to have to return those yeah. mustache themed chip clips Oh yeah, like little elastics, you know, for little girl hair. I love that oh, stuff. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Hey, we're going back to the Twitter. I believe it's Noel D'Souza, Noel or Noel. I'm going with Noel. Uh, he says, "Check out SecretSanta.com. Helps you set up Secret Santa events." Oh. Mm -hmm. Now you know. Hashtag now because know. money. Hashtag because money. Secret Santa. Because Secret Santa. See, the Ask other one that we like that, um, sorry, that uh, we've started at work was adopting a family through, like, the food bank and whatnot, yeah. and, uh, which, I, which I love that, and especially, like, if you work in an office, and so there was maybe six or eight of us in the office, instead of buying something for everybody, we all pitched in 20 bucks and adopted a family, and you got to actually go out and buy the food for, for the family, get, get them a turkey, and, and get toys for the kids and that sort of thing, and so that, that was a lot of fun, and I think I like that idea, but I like it if it replaces buying the gifts for everybody else, too. Right. Wow. So that's do you a have great like, idea. Do you have an office organizer that does that, though? Because, again, it requires, you know, herding the troops and, you know, picking a family. Yeah. So, I mean, how do you facilitate that? I mean... Well, the food is... bank picked the family, so it was just finding oh, someone okay. who would so make that good. connection. Yeah. See, when I haven't worked in an office in a number of years, but when I did, it was always, you know, I was always cringing when it was time to like, yeah. you know, do the office cheer thing. And I have to say, the most hilarious thing we ever did at the office is we had a regifting party. So the rule was basically it was a gift that someone from your family network gave you, so you would bring it to the office. And um, people get the the weirdest gifts. You really just have to sympathize with how people had to fake a happy face when they opened that thing up. But um, it was actually a really awful, fun thing to do because you got to see what everyone's awful gift was. And um, yeah, and I just think, you know, it just also made me feel really sad because we've come to a place in our life where we have so many gifts, we have to give them away again. Right? So it's again, you know, how do we mitigate that and prevent that from happening in the first place so that your gift doesn't end up in my office regifting party, right? So I just think we have so many gifts. Stop well, the gifts. Uh, yeah, and here, this is what we do. We do, uh, it's called Gifts of Hope. It's with Compassion Canada. And we, we actually, and I'm not even kidding, Sandy, we like to buy goats. I think they're 75 bucks and we buy people goats. We, we've yeah. got sponsored children. Heifer. There's yeah. Heifer International that does that too, so we would buy people cows. Mind nice. you, when I lived on a farm, yeah. it just made sense to like buy a share of a cow um, yeah. because cows are useful. But goats are good too. Well, yeah. What basically Chickens. What, 
Yeah, what, you pick your animal and you go with it, right? I love the business tie-in because they buy the community a goat or some chickens and then it teaches the responsibility. The kids have the eggs and they go and then they eat the chicken and it's meat and protein and eggs. and It's all good. I mean, I, I've always liked the, the giving to the, you know, those kind of charities. And Sandy likes goats. I like goats a lot. I like to yeah. feed them. Feeding the goat. <laughs> I'll never live that down. So, no, that's a Bruce Celery reference. Let's, like, at Bruce Celery so that he knows that we're discussing his talk at another talk about how how you fill TV space. It's called Feeding the Goat, people. We need our broccoli or our celery, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well played, Mr. Engen. Well played. I'm hitting Bruce right now on the Twitter machine. I'm Just hit him up. Tell him royal blue right now. Feeding the goat. the goat with reference on. to Christmas gift giving and yeah. Here I'll just I'll just I'll just vocalize your the tweet and you you type it out. Yeah, I'm I'm working on that. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm a special guest, I can do that, right? I'm like, here, type this. Nice. We haven't even we haven't even talked about panties yet. I mean, you bring me on the air and we haven't even like discussed underwear. Anyone yeah. get underwear for gifts? I mean, I, I got underwear like last year. Gifts. Yeah. Socks. Socks. I like oh, socks. I like really nice wool merino socks. It's funny how when you get older, like the really simple things like happy feet just make all the difference in the world. The stuff you got as a kid that you hated now you want. Yeah. How does that happen? <laughs> I'm like, I used to get underwear as a kid. It was like the cheap dollar store underwear. It was like called Bloomies or something. I don't know what it was. It was awful. No one wants Bloomies. Six for a dollar. Yeah, no one wants that in their Santa stocking. I mean, why does why does Santa stop, shop at the dollar store? But anyways, um, but now it's like, yeah, get me some nice panties. I'm in. Okay, I don't but have anything the, on my Christmas list. What about the orange in the bottom of the stocking? Is that something you guys always did? Orange in the bottom of the stocking? Yes, no. Yes. Yeah. Chocolate orange. I got a chocolate orange. Chocolate orange. Rob, yeah, yes. There's, fancy. That, there's that Terry's chocolate orange. You can, like, you know, you smash it, and it yeah. goes into a million pieces, and then you can share it with everyone, and then you try not to share it. Good call. Rob, orange, <laughs> yeah. chocolate Cho orange. Chocolate orange and, or and mandarin orange. Wow, look at oh, your yeah. That's pretty what good. That? Sandy, orange? Orange. Orange, okay. and then in later years, pomegranate. Why? Oh, that's... Fancy. I like strange fruit. <laughs> Anybody <Yeah>. surprised? <laughs> wow. No, I'm not even getting a stocking this year. Yeah, neither are we. Our stockings as a kid growing up were, were usually really creative. My mom really, you know, she would go to the drugstores and get us like lip balms and, you know, hair care stuff. You know, stuff teenage girls like, preteens like. Nail polish. You know, that was basically where our year stash of fun play things came in, but we never really got it the rest of the year. It was just in our stocking. Somehow Santa knew what little girls liked. I don't know. But um, but that was pretty frugal. She would do that at the dollar store too, and it was fun. All individually wrapped, so it was like a big ordeal to open up, and it would like extend, you know, the, the, the stocking stuff are part of the holiday so the parents could have a second cup of coffee before enduring yes. the yes. grandparents coming. Yeah, see, like that's what you got to do, double wrap the gifts to make them mm. work for it. Yeah, my wife's side best. of the family is really good with that. They uh, find the quirkiest gifts, you know, at the little shops downtown or, like you said, at the drugstores. And, uh, yeah, it does keep keeps the kids busy and entertained and even the adults, too, they do it for us. So. 
Well, what are some of the quirky, quirky gifts that you have seen in stuffing, uh, stocking stuffers? Give oh, the people an idea. Oh, like, you go down, to, like, there's this weirdo kind of comic book store that you guys would have liked because they had all kinds of the <laughs> Doctor Who stuff that we, oh, uh, we went through. So uh, what is that? What's the time machine called? TARDIS! Yeah, so they had, like, a little one of those. We so. want time travel! Lynn. Yeah. It's irrelevant. You guys would have loved that. <laughs> I would have loved it. Give me a TARDIS. I would I love a TARDIS fly. in my stocking. <laughs> That'd it's awesome. bigger on the inside, right? Yeah. So, so stuff um, like stuff like that, you know, you someone likes, and you find some quirky reference to, you know, like that, and and it is frugal too. I mean, it's these these things are going to cost under ten bucks, hopefully. Well, see, like my kind. my family puns were always the thing, and they were usually really disrespectful. But you know, like so, panties were something that we got in our stockings, and my mother would tie them in a knot. So it would be, don't get your panties in a knot. So you had to kind of guess the joke as, like, you unwrapped the gift. And it was just, it was really tacky and awful, but it was hilarious because Santa really had a really good sense of humor about it. So, you know, like, it was it was really creative stuff like that my folks did. It was actually mostly my mom, but... Um, yeah, and that makes it fun, and that, that makes Christmas morning yeah. fun more so than opening up, you know, a ton of box stuff. Of Exactly. And, you know, there was, like, there was really practical stuff we got, too. You know, if, um, if, if I was a student and I needed pencil crayons, I'd get a really nice set of pencil crayons, which I liked because I, I did a lot of art. Um, you know, I was a trumpet player, so a new mouthpiece every year was lovely. So Santa knew I needed a new mouthpiece, and, you know, there's a lot of jokes to go with that, too, I'm sure. So, you know, it was stuff like that, stuff that applied to, you know, the kind of hobbies and experiences I like to do as a kid. And um, and kind of deferred the cost later on for my parents because it became part of the Christmas you know haul, and uh, it was more about the experience of it rather than you know the accumulation of it. So, you know, it's like, well, what do they need in order to help them play soccer for the year? Or, you know, so it was like soccer registration. I got a new pair of shin guards, which was great because you know getting kicked in the shins really sucks. You know, and and they get stinky, so I'd get new shin guards. You know, so. The kind of sporting equipment that went with my sports, um, you know, uh, you know that kind of stuff that just that just made you know um, the rest of the year for my parents a lot less expensive because we augmented it through you know the Christmas gift. So you know I think there's that kind of creativity as well. But again, it's like I read this article the other day and it was about giving the gift of ex of of the experiences. So getting a family pass to like the science center or the Royal Ontario Museum, like all these different places. Um, you know, why can't, that, why can't that be part of Christmas as well? Um, you know, take the kids out, you know, on the weekend, depending on their age, of course, and take them to these places, the zoo. Um, and by getting a family pass, you're kind of, you know, you're doing something with them on the weekends as well. It doesn't just have to be on Christmas morning. It transcends the year. So I think well, I like, I know, I like... looking at that as well. Go ahead, Rob. I was gonna say I just I like that idea of getting some you get something useful or that you're gonna use throughout the year rather than I like Jackson saying or people are saying to Jackson you know you're a hard person to shop for well you know now if you start really thinking about my hobbies and 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 whatnot and what I actually do for a living or or for fun then go that route rather than you know some knickknack that you know, I'm never gonna use again or use again or go for the wine you know I like that. Wine is good. Do you know Len Penzo had um, a, 
uh, post up about that. He updated it. It was from about two, mm, two years ago. And it was how do you buy things for somebody that has everything. And it was very, I, and I've seen lists like that before that have just, you know, snooze. But his was really good. We'll link, I can send you that link, Jackson, when we do the roundup. It's, it was a great post. It was stuff like that. It was experiences. But it was things that I had never thought of. And I really like that. One of the things that we started doing last year is an advent calendar that every once in a while, because, I mean, I can't do something awesome for 24 days in a row. There's a candy in it. But most of the time, it's my kids love swimming. And I, we don't, I have three of them. It's hard to take three kids swimming. So um, one of the things we're going to do one of the days, it's always just got a little note in it. And my oldest is learning to read, so she's the one that reads the notes. And So one of them is we're all going to go swimming together, and one of them is... Um, we watch a Christmas movie, so I wrap up the movie. It's all the same movies from the year before. We watch the same ones, but I wrap it up, and they have to find it somewhere in the house. So, like, to me, I, I love Christmas, and I love having all 24 plus the real day days to really revel in it. Because the rest of the year, you can't. You're not, you know, you can't walk around whistling Christmas tunes in July. People don't like that so much. So I we really Christmas it up. But most of it is, I mean, it's not like, yeah, I pat myself on the back. I'm the best parent and most frugal person ever, but... We do a lot of the same things. We read the same books, but I like, I mean, yeah, we wrap them up and make it part of the the Advent calendar. I like that part a lot. I'm excited. I'm very excited about it. It's happening soon. Well, I think one of the gifts I was most excited about giving was for my sister and brother-in-law. After they had their first child, they, didn't, they stopped dating. They stopped going out. So the gift that my husband and I gave them at the time, we gave them a bottle of wine, some candles, and we, I made a coupon that says, oh, um, dinner, we, we, we bought a, a um, what was it, a, a gift certificate to their favorite restaurant. And, um, and we, I made a coupon that said free babysitting for that evening. However That's cash long, money. However cash long money. you want to go. And, uh, and that was, so basically, um, my husband and I got to take care of our nephew for the night. And um, they went out. And it's like, Man, you know, now that I look back, that would have been, you know, if someone, they have too many kids now to do that for us, but if someone had ever done that for us, that would have been the best gift ever because you, when you have young kids, you really stop dating. And it's really hard on the relationship because, you know, you just, you don't have, you know, the means to go out anymore because you have a kid and you want to leave your child with someone you trust and all these sort of things. So that was, I think, my favorite gift I've ever given. And it was really a gift of an experience. I mean, sure, like a gift certificate for their restaurant, whatever. But, you know, to roll in babysitting in there and say, go out for however you long you need, you want, you know, we're going to spend time with our nephew. It was, it was just really the, I think it was just my favorite thing I've ever done. Yeah, because the dinner gift certificate would have almost been worthless. Well, totally. It would have been totally worthless because they would have needed a babysitter anyways and it would have cost them money. Um, the so it's one of those, yeah, so it's one of those gifts, you know, it's like sometimes you get gifts that cost you money over time, like, you know, and other times, you know, because they suck up batteries or, you know, there's, there's a lot of gifts that cost money over time because you need a subscription for them. But, you know, just giving someone that experience um, is really my favorite thing ever. Everyone should do that for a, a new pairing of I couldn't uh, pairing agree of parents. more. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Can Without I solve your the other, problem? The, the other gift I really loved, um, you know, if you have, like, a couple that's expecting, is you pre-make food for their freezer, you know? I had someone do this for me, and I, you know, never being a parent before, I didn't realize you would never have time to cook during that first month. 
I don't know where the time goes, but I think I was just feeding a baby a bottle the whole time on the sofa. So I didn't have time to cook. And for me, you know, it was like eating raw food in the fridge, like in between bottling sessions. It was miserable. So, you know, the fact that someone thought to give me the gift of all this frozen food that I could just stick in the microwave and have something to eat, that was a great gift too. So I think that's a really good Christmas idea for a couple that's expecting as well. It's really easy to do. You just pre-make stuff, and they're going to look at you like, what kind of gift is that? But then they'll get it. You know, After the first couple of weeks, they're going to be like, ah, best gift ever, right? They'll, they'll get it. So it's, they'll get it. It's, again, <laughs> okay. it's, like, totally. it's like the experience of here. You can eat real food. Don't, you don't have to grocery shop. You don't have to deal with any of that. You know, here's some food. Um, that's a great gift, too, you know, so. But, the, again, I'm thinking, like, someone with an under two-year-old, so. Um, hey, no, no, under five, under, under six, five, under seven. I don't have time to cook. No. No. Send food. Send food. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree with you more. We actually had a couple over uh, who they've got a, uh, they're, little girl is two weeks old and uh, they brought her over. We had them over for supper and she was saying, you know, people were telling me that if in the first, in the first month, if I can just shower, it's a good day. Yeah. She goes, I didn't believe anybody. And she goes, I had a shower today and it was pretty good. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> I mean, my wife with three kids, yeah, I totally get that. It, and it's just the, the expectations that new moms impose on themselves, that's just a whole different conversation. But it's like, yeah, having kids is hard, so I couldn't agree more with your with your, your buy food. We like to have people over, and we've got a lot of the friends that come over with their kids, and, you know, we just basically put all the kids in the, in the room, gated off, and, hey, have hey. that. And that's kind of a, a reprieve for the parents. So, that's how shower we do time. Date night. <laughs> shower. shower time. You're describing a prison dress. Like hi. I is what it is. Coupon for an hour shower time. Yeah. I will come take care of your baby. You go take a shower. Best gift ever. Might be an awkward coupon. No, I'd be like, my sister-in-law did that for me once. She came over and she's like, how are you doing? I'm like, I haven't had a shower in two days. She's like, okay, you go into the bathroom, have a nice bath. I'll take care of your baby. And her two sons were over too, and it was like a ruckus out, out in the living room. And I didn't care because I'm like, I'm going to get clean. <laughs> that was a great gift. And you don't even need Christmas for that gift. That's the no. gift that keeps on giving. Mm -hmm. Do it. Done. See, there's really good gifts for, for young parents. There's just, it's just, you know, take the kid and run. Give them some space. <laughs> take my kid. She said it. No liability. Space. No liability. Yeah. Clean the mess on my floor. My toddler exploded all over the place. Please help. Do you know what? So that's frugal living. That's frugal living. Yeah. But do you know what the worst part of that is? Do you know the hardest part of that? It's not the person giving the gift. It's the person receiving the gift. You want to talk about new mother expectations. Don't you, I don't know, Carrie, did you not have, maybe you didn't have this problem. I had this problem when people would say, can I come and I'll, I'll, I'll do your laundry for you or whatever. Not that people were lining up to do that, but I, I was always like, no, it's okay. I don't want to impose. Yeah. No, I'm okay. What? An idiot. I'm an yeah. idiot. No, I yeah. took the help. I totally took the help. We were totally needing the help. You know. Yeah, you know, me too. I was like, no way, I, I want that shower. Here, take the kid. Here's a bottle. I'll warm it up for you. See you in 20 minutes. My you know? wife doesn't take help, and it's so frustrating because it's a conversation we have all the time. Honey, 
This person just said, hey, if you ever need me, and you said, oh, no, I'll be fine. The appropriate answer is, yes, tomorrow looks good. You know, that's a conversation we have regularly. My wife doesn't ever ask for help, and I'm all about it. Hey, because, hey, we'll give it back. It's, it's, it's about, you know, mutual benefit. But when somebody offers to watch yeah. our kids, yeah, here you go. <laughs> Bring them back alive. Plus, you got to call them on it to make sure they're not bluffing, right? Yeah, hey. So how many kids do That's we have between us? You're almost at four. Yeah, I got. Yeah, I'm, You're at three, I'm four. Nine. Two. Two for me. So we've got four, three, two, and one. Hey, that's perfect. Wow, wow, you're winning. Good job, Jackson. Well done. I think Carrie's yes. winning. I'm winning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> depends on your point of view. Yeah. Can Can we talk about the cost of childcare? Like, can we go there? Because yeah, there's like there. enough kids. How, how many people have a kid in daycare for like a couple hours a day, week, full time, part time? You're homeschooled, so I assume no childcare there. Nope. I have somebody coming over kids. for three hours. I have three hours of childcare. At your house? Yeah. A week? Just three hours a week? Yeah, it used to be six, but then I cut it down. Oh my god. That's why I so get up I... at five in the morning. Oh, so you can watch Doctor Who. <laughs> That's at night. It's called work. And so, okay, so, so Engin, how do you pronounce your last name, anyways? Engin. 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 Uh, my wife. Do you got, my wife you uh, stay at stays home? at home full time. Yeah. So. Uh, so I'm the only one there. with full time childcare. That's it. How does this happen? Well, you, we saw how much it costs, so we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody outlined the cost, and it was like, "Ooh, I'm not going near that." So. It's nearly 20,000 $20, a year for full-time childcare in Toronto. It's seventy dollars a day. That's crazy. It's, yeah. It's unbelievable. For yeah. my for so, my I mean, kids for to be in daycare. Husband and I to stay home. Sorry, for my kids to be in daycare, I would have been working for a net loss of two dollars a month, and I didn't have a yeah. poor-paying job. <laughs> no, 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 for sure. I mean, it's what you take. It's like after taxes, right? It's it's astonishing. Yeah. It's like a whole new mortgage payment. Mm-hmm. You know, and and yet, like I would say, no one does childcare mostly in our group, but someone's doing the daycare because the wait list to get on a, a licensed childcare, you know, spot is there's a huge lineup. It's hard to get the spots, so people are paying did, it. Yeah. We did the math on childcare, and we came to the conclusion that I'd have to get a promotion and a second job. In order to, well, for two kids or for one though, two. Well, that was, off, two kids, that was the first one, but uh, yeah, yeah, for two as well. Yeah, it's unbelievable, and I mean the people in our child, like there's nothing fancy about our daycare. There's no like 100% organic food. They're not, you know, they don't have all brand new toys. They're just getting by, you know, and the people that you know have their kids in this this facility as well. You know, they're just average people like me. But for me, the opportunity loss of not working for those those years was too great, especially for my husband too. Yeah. You know, it was. Yeah, I we did the math, and it was like, well, it just made more sense for us to bite the bullet for a few years and and pay the huge cost of childcare. So if that's like my biggest cost, what's your next biggest cost for raising kids? Food. Yeah. Food. I spend f- food. Yeah. Well, plus we like to eat. We like to eat a lot. But your kids are so little. Like, how much food are they eating at that age? Oh no, they're Martins. They eat a lot of food. My kids (laughs) between. Sorry, go ahead, Sandy. 
No, no, I'm done. Between the between the three of my kids right now, the three current ones that are alive, um, they will eat as much as me. Really? They'll eat. They'll eat as much as a full adult. So when we make our food, Steph and I eat roughly the same. Like uh, Steph will have a chicken breast, I'll have one and a half, and the kids will have one. Yeah. That's that's pretty. And then you know the rice or couscous. Now we are kind of foodies. Um, you don't get to be a big man of my size without really enjoying food. And we love organic, good tasting food. And our grocery bill is abhorrent. Um, but we no longer eat out. But man, do we love gourmet olives. Love <laughs> <Stop>. them. <laughs> I love gourmet olives. I'm famous in my family for my gourmet olives. But they're so they're good. Delicious. So you want me, that you're cueing me to talk about my gourmet olive budget, right? Like this is what this is about. This, I is, was... why I, this is why I started budgeting when I was like in my 20s. Because of, it was all because of gourmet olives. So I was like... Mm. I was with my my then boyfriend, now husband, and we were looking at our food bill, and it's like, why are we spending so much on food? I couldn't understand it. So I started tracking, you know, where the money was going. And it turned out, you know, we bought a lot of gourmet olives. And, you know, once I tracked how much I was spending on gourmet olives, I really decided really quickly to stop spending so much on gourmet olives because it was a cost I didn't realize I was spending so much money on. So once you track it and once you see where that money is going, it's easy to deal with that expense by either cutting it completely or cutting it back. So that's how we dealt with our creeping food budget because it was these little things called olives that were costing us a lot of money. And really an olive doesn't really fill you up. You need a lot of them. So, um, yeah, so we stopped buying a lot of these gourmet olives. It was, it was eye-opening. It's... I call it the olive rule in the house. You know, no one on the internet would understand the olive rule. Maybe I should write about the olive rule. But um, olives changed my life, really. It really changed how I looked at, you know, budgeting and food costs and, you know, and really being careful with where that money was going because the little things add up to a lot. See, and that's the thing for our family. We decided after a long time of watching how we spent our money that we liked spending our money on food. So when we look at every time we take a look at our budget, we say, okay, this is how much really our discretionary spending budget is is everything, including food. So it comes out of one account. It has a declining balance. Obviously, I just talked about this, but that's how it motivates us to stay within the budget because there's nothing else left after you spend that, right? right. But that is primarily spent on our entertainment is food. Our date night, we have a date every single week, but it's at home. We feed the kids something ridiculous like, I don't know, hot dogs. And we have, we, we learn to make all sorts of, we have risotto and ribeye and blue cheese dressing and shrimp tempura and we like food. So that's where we spend most of our money. But obviously once the money's gone, then we have that. Well, what tactics do you guys use at the grocery store then to afford all this food? Like, are there specific stores you'll go to? Are there, there kinds of, like I've got, I've got grocery shopping tactics is what I'm saying to help cut the costs. I, oh, what are I you live doing? in a one-store town. What are you not doing? A We're list shopping. Town. We're list shopping. We have yeah. an app, actually, that we share that has the alerts on it, too, so that I can set the due date for when... So tonight we had pork tenderloin and salad and carrots with maple syrup. So that's, that comes up as a reminder on the phone. So not only do I remember to thaw the pork tenderloin and actually put it in the oven on time and all that kind of stuff, I know what I'm eating, so I don't have to look in the fridge at 5 o'clock and say, oh my goodness, we have better just get pizza. What's, so the, app I mean, called? What's the app called? What's the app called? Oh, it's just pocket, it's just pocket lists. 
this is whatever, one of those ones, and my husband and I have it both on our phones, so whoever happens to be at the grocery store is the one that picks it up. He can't call me and say, hey, what are we having for supper? Because he knows. And he cooks most of the time, well, half the time. So we, that's the, I don't know, it's not a grocery app, it's just one that we use to share the list between us. I've been using Evernote. We both um, have accounts on Evernote, so the Evernote, you know, grocery list shows up on all of our devices. So we keep our shopping list there. But, um, and that works fairly well. But uh, Rob, do you do the groceries? Yeah, we, uh, I was just going to say we use an app called uh, AnyList. And so we can make our shopping list and make our, and you can actually put recipes in there and it will throw the ingredients into your, into your grocery list. Oh. So when you know you're having whatever, chicken parmesan or something like that, you can say add to grocery list because you know you're going to need those ingredients. And it'll right. throw it in there. And then what I like it more so than Evernote, which I played around a little bit with, is that you can just, with one touch of the button, it crosses the list or the item off the list and, and it disappears. So that's mm -hmm. good for me. And, and uh, Because you get confused by yeah, seeing I do. that item again and again. Yeah, I do. You'll buy it twice. You'll be like, okay. yeah, let's buy beer again. I'll just spend again. more time because I'll be staring at the list over and over again. So I like to see it uh, disappear. <laughs> Okay, so okay, so those are the apps. So what tactics are we using to cut our grocery bill? I'm saying this because I was just I just did a whole bunch of TV things about people keep inviting me to talk about grocery shopping tactics. It's like it's like we don't know them yet. I'm like, how do we not know these? These are just standard things. What are we doing to save money in groceries, people? Well, do we oh. have to? Okay, do we have to? And maybe this is me playing the contrarian, but not really, because my consumption patterns is I like to shop at the local shops. I, I do. I don't like to go to the big grocery store. I like to go to the boutiques. I pay more, but our eggs we get delivered farm fresh. So our eggs come directly from the farm. I get lamb directly from the farm. We order beef from the farm. So we get that, com that comes in. We, we keep it in our freezer. Now... I go, we go out as a family and I go to the bakery once a week and I pick up fresh bread. We only eat bread once a week. Um, I go to the Italian Star Deli to pick up my pasta and my olives. And I'm not even kidding. I actually have a place that I go to pick up my olives. I go to a, a salt food boutique to pick up my, you know, expensive meats. I mean, my daughter, my four-year-old daughter loves brisola. I mean, she, you know, we, we buy our hams there. We go to the organic grocer. We go to a lot of the, the, the smaller shops in the summer we hit farmers markets yeah it's a little bit more expensive but the quality of food is superior and we've been what we've done with our food is we've made food not about mindless consumption we we take the time we plan our meals we know what we're gonna eat and we have really good meals it is not cheap but we have I used to go out for food pretty much every night and when you look at that bill that's insane so I've cut my bill my food bill in half and I'm eating way better than I've ever eaten in my entire life and it right. we're doing it really well but no the organic food the sustainable mostly local I don't really care as much for organic as much as I do local and being in Regina Saskatchewan it's pretty easy to get cow pig lamb whatever you want it's three blocks away seriously so, so you're like buying like so to me it sounds like you're you're buying some things in bulk um yep. you're, you're freezing so you're again you're you're saving ahead of time you're buying it in you're getting the bulk price for it and freezing it 
You're, yes. you're planning your meals ahead of time. You're cooking at home and you're not eating out. So those are the tactics that are you, that you are using to help you afford um, higher quality food, right? So those are your tactics. I guess so, I have tactics. You have tactics. Um, and you know, when I lived in, in rural British Columbia, those were very similar to my tactics too because, um, you know, we, I used to joke I had the 100-meter diet because we had, you know, a herd of cattle just out the back. So, you know, every year we would get a steer and that would be in our freezer and uh, that was our tactic. You know, that was our beef budget for the year. It was that one steer. But living in downtown Toronto, things look a lot different because we don't have the big chest freezer now fitting in our apartment. So it's a really different style of living. There's also more choices of stores around, but I don't have a car. So I have to use a bundle buggy in order to do my groceries. So... Um, Whereas I used to shop at Costco with my smart car. So, you know, depending on where you live, city living, rural living, your grocery is your grocery haul is going to look very different. Um, there is a big farmer's market, you know, in the High Park area every year. Um, sorry, every week, which I have gone to. Um, but it's really hard sometimes when you have a toddler and you're solo parenting. So, um, you know... So sometimes I just I end up doing the groceries on my own um, before the daycare pickup or whatever. And I, I frequent the, um, the local grocery store. So I did this big price check experiment for Money Sense magazine. And the question was, is the produce really, you know, the same or better at, you know, the big expensive grocery stores or the, you know, discount grocers have um, comparable stuff. And I went and I checked the SKUs on all the produce. I checked... Um, the prices, I checked the grade, and it was like quite an onerous thing I did. I made a chart, and it turned out that um, grocery stores like No Frills, um, Freshco, um, Walmart had the exact same um, quality grade product, produce, as the higher-end grocery stores. You were just paying 30% less for it divided at No Frills. So when I saw this, I couldn't believe it because I've always felt like going into like the discount groceries, I was buying lesser of a product, but it was exactly the same. So now um, if I'm not going to the farmer's market um, and I'm buying apples at you know grocery store or cucumbers or tomatoes or whatever, or lettuce, I will get it at no frills because I know I'm saving at least 30% on my grocery haul right there. So that's one tactic I did. And it really it just it came down to being a smarter consumer. Actually look at the labels, look at what you're getting for your money, look at the grade, you know, squeeze the melon um, and choose, you know, your decision there. And so that was hugely eye-opening and it saves me 30% right off the bat. Another thing I did, um, probably closer in my early 30s, was I switched to buying, um, not buying always the brand name item. I would look at the private label at the stores. You know how stores have like President's Choice, um, we all know the, the private label that every, you know, store has. Uh, Target has, I forget what it's called. Equal. We all should know this. Equal, yeah. Um, and Walmart has, I can't remember what Walmart has. Great value. Great value. See, attention Walmart shoppers. It was a <laughs> test. I wasn't going to admit that. Um, so there you go. So the private label can be more expensive than just the yellow label or the white label, but you're going to be saving um, money there as well. But you have to check, right? Because sometimes the brand name is on sale and it'll be less than the generic. So again, you're going to save anywhere from 15 
to, I would say, 50% by buying the generic product. And over your whole grocery list, it's going to average out to be about 30%. So that's another tactic I've employed. Um, finally, the, the, the big thing I did, though, um, to really cut, you know, my cost there was, um, you know, over-the-counter medications like um, Tylenol, ibuprofen, cough medicine. What other over-the-counter medications are we getting, people? Um, gravel. You know, all these things. If you go for the generic no-name, you're going to be saving at least 30% again. And that's just an easy, simple switch to do to save you know, at the drugstore, at the grocery store, wherever you're buying these products. Same with shampoo, cream rinse, soap. Um, all these things cost less just by not going for the big, pretty packaging. So that's a consumer so why savvy do we go? Why do we go for the, the big, pretty packaging? We think it's better. We're, it's marketed to us. It has a flashier... But, but isn't it? I mean, seriously. Like, it's more expensive and therefore better. Well, and you think yeah. it is. See, this is where I say you have to do you have to do a taste test if, if it's, you know... If it's something you really are passionate about and you are someone that is obviously, you've said, passionate about food, then you need to do a taste test on the generic to see if it's going to be passable for you and if it's going to be worth your um, time eating it to save that 30%. So do a taste test. You know, Buy two of the same, trick your kids, see which one tastes better, make it an, an adventure. And if you don't like the product, if you don't like the way the generic is, flip the label. A lot of times the label has a money-back guarantee on it Take it back. I don't know what it is about Canadians, you know, not, not following up on these guarantees that the stores give us. Go ahead, take the damn thing back. Say, I don't like your ketchup. It's disgusting. I want my money back. Get your money back. Buy the brand name. You've, you've tried it. You're done. But I am betting you that at least 50% of the time, you're going to be okay with buying that generic no-name or private label um, product at the grocery store to help save on your grocery bill. That's just the way I feel about that. And um, so, yeah, um, do a taste test and get your money back if it's no good. Noel D'Souza just threw down the gauntlet on Twitter. The gauntlet has on been me? thrown down, Carrie. Like Thor? Yeah, basically by in and out. He's wearing Noel is wearing an Asgardian suit right now, I'm so and he excited. says shopping at Costco with a smart car seems like those shouldn't go together. I know. I to I should have taken. I should have totally have taken a picture of doing it. I do it. You can really fit a lot in a smart car. Um, Mr. Noel should come to me. Um, come with me to uh, Costco with my bundle buggy. That's 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 the show. That's that's what I I do it. I go. I only buy like meat, cheese. You can fit a lot in that bundle buggy from Costco. I'm telling you, duffel nice. bags, and we take the subway. You know, like we've really changed the way we shop and the way. Obviously, we travel living in in the Toronto compared to the rural town, so we save a lot of money not having a, having to operate a car anymore. And yeah, I go to Costco with a bundle buggy. I should totally do like a Vine video of it and post it because uh, yes, you yes. should. <laughs> yes, you should. I need to see more of you am, on Vine. I am that girl. I am that girl at Costco with the bundle buggy. It works. Nice. You just have to plan your trip ahead and know what you're gonna buy that week. That's all. And it's usually just meat, cheese. Um, but it really, it, it really shows you, um, based on your, your mode of transportation, how little you will buy at the store and, and how few impulse purchases you will make based on how you travel the world. So if I was riding a bicycle to Costco, my grocery haul is going to look way different than if I was driving a smart car. So, you know, there you go. And on that note, we should wrap up. I think we actually went over time. Considering we don't know what time we end, I... <laughs> 
I'm guessing this is perfect. So we've had uh, we've had some viewers, and uh, thanks to those who contributed on the Twitter machine. And thank you, Carrie K. Taylor, for coming on to the show. And we hope to have you back it's my if pleasure. you would like to come back. And thanks for everything you only, have to say. Only if I'm a special guest. <laughs> You're always uh, special. Did Rob just bounce? Like, for real? Like, no goodbye, <laughs> just... Peace. Just he just mic dropped. For real. <laughs> Rob just mic dropped. How awesome is that? Anyways, I'm so uh, sick of that guy anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, he just comes and just talks the whole time and doesn't. Yeah, doesn't let us get in a word. So, anyways, ladies, tried, thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thank you, Carrie. Love you guys. Bye <laughs> 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 bye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Because Money is a labor of love and involves no ads or other sponsorship, be sure to click the like or subscribe button where you downloaded this from, as we'll help other listeners find the podcast and raise our profile, which in turn makes it easier to book guests. Please visit becausemoney.ca for show notes and related links.